We're doing this for the hundredth time, recording a podcast at Longleaf Breeze. And boy, is it fun to stroll down memory lane, remembering some of those that we have enjoyed doing over these roughly two years. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, And welcome to our podcast of September 14th, 2011. It is indeed our 100th podcast. That's hard to believe. Woo-hoo. You know, I've heard people say third time's a charm. We'd like to say, well, hundredth time's a charm. Maybe we'll get it right. <laughs> um, but... It's, it's been a, a great um, almost two-year period. We've made a lot of changes. In fact, when we knew this was coming up, we decided to do a little uh, retrospective homework, going back to see what some of our other podcasts were about, and including the first And it's been fun. One. We've been listening to some of those old uh, recordings and reliving what we were thinking about and what we were worried about And sometimes thinking, what were we thinking? That's crazy. Before we get started strolling down memory lane, though, as you put it, um, I'd like to take just a couple of minutes to give a brief update of what we've been doing the past week, um, just because we try to keep our any, any regular listeners who might be out there informed about that. Um, from my end, well, first of all, I think we both would say we enjoyed our visit from our good friend Lee Ricketts, who came to uh, spend the day with us on Monday. We walked all over and showed her around. It's a lot of fun. She's to see been her such and a spend su- the day with her. Yeah, and she's been such a supporter of our efforts here. Even though you know she lives in a very different environment, as do most of our friends. They live in uh, suburban communities, but they they always and Lee was certainly so forthcoming in her expression of complete support for what we're doing and um, enthusiasm. And she's already posted pictures on Facebook from her visit. And and a good sport about these long walks we take yeah, around here. Yeah, so that we, worked out fine. So it was a lot of fun. Good visit. Um, as far as what's going on in, in the garden, I have planted probably about half the fall veg, um, about half the brassicas, well, a little over half the brassicas, but I'm still waiting to get hold of some onion sets and then the garlic is to be delivered sometime in the next couple of weeks. And um, we are updating the database again. That makes me feel good. The uh, We may talk about that next week, the fact that the database has been neglected and ne- yes. it is now back. Sort of like the weeds out in my garden. The, the, some things get neglected once in a while. And I know you've continued to work on the electric deer fence for the orchard. I have. I'm sort of at a holding pattern right now because I'm waiting for some insulators to arrive in the mail. And when they do, then I'll be able to finish the deer fence. Yeah, so anyway, that's that's about it. Uh, not a lot of progress on the lodge, but we we do believe the beginning of next week that things will pick up on that again. So now let's shift our attention to the uh, the, the theme of the hour, which is, or it's actually not going to be an hour, but 30 minutes. Uh, for what we're going to, what we've been doing the past 100 podcasts, and what we, um, what thoughts were triggered, I guess, in our minds. What, what comes to? Did you listen to the first one again? I did. I listened to the intro back in uh, October of 2009. October 13th, to be exact. Uh, October 15th. Oh, 15th. I'm sorry. Um, and our uh, pot, our first 
numbered podcast, number 001, dealing with the deer fence. I guess one thing that occurred to me as I was listening to it is how remarkably true to our vision we have remained. That's true. You know, it, it would be easy for us to have changed by now and be going in a completely different direction from what we articulated two years ago. But that hasn't happened. That's true. That's a really good point. What struck me when I went back and listened to the deer, the very first one, which was about deer fence, and of course it was way before we actually got any deer fence up. You know, it was when we were realizing how much we needed it. Right. <laughs> um, before we lived here, uh, yeah. all we, we were simply reacting to the fact that the deer had uh, eaten us for lunch over the summer. Exactly. We had we had. We only were able to come to the farm once a week, and when we would come, we would just see an ever-increasing wave of deer damage, and uh, a striking anecdote to pull from that was, um, that probably covered a couple of podcasts, is that I had planted some watermelon, and I was so excited because they were, the fruit was developing, and our daughter, Adrian was coming for a visit from California, and I said, oh, good, I hope by the time she gets here, we'll have, that watermelon will be big and ripe, and we can cut into it and eat it. And uh, one week we went, and I said, I think it'll be ready. The next week we went to check on things, and the deer had gotten all the watermelon, all the fruit of the watermelon. So the devastation was complete, <laughs> and we just realized then that until we started to, uh, until we had a deer fence erected, we dare not plant anything else that we hope exactly. to hold on to. Exactly. We just yeah. we had to do something about the deer before we could talk in a coherent manner about anything else. But we got it up. We can look back to um, other podcasts and and see other types of progress that we've made, and it's a good feeling. The other thing that occurred to me, or one of the other things that occurred to me as I went back and listened to, to those early recordings, is the phenomenon that we've witnessed in a lot of other things about our lives, which is early on in the visioning process, you, every time you talk to somebody new, every time you read a new book, every time you go to a new workshop, your plan changes, sometimes dramatically. Mm-hmm. That's right. And as we've done this for a while, as we've learned more and more what works and what doesn't here at Longleaf Breeze, each addition of knowledge makes a, ti- a, a smaller change in our big deal plan. You know, it's, um, we don't change dramatically just because we talk to somebody new now because we've sort of gotten the benefit of enough knowledge to be able to have a pretty good idea of what works and what doesn't. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. We are not as labile, you might say. True. You know, I we're think not that is true. We're not easily, as labile. Easily influenced by the latest and greatest, uh, supposedly greatest idea, uh, ideas that someone has shared with us. That's true. And I, I did try to, in looking back through these podcasts, um, sort of go halfway in between to see. And about, again, this was about this time last year, we were planting, uh, this was maybe the uh, 49th podcast, we were putting row cover over our fall veg because we had such problems with grasshoppers eating all the tender leaves. And in order to get the plants large enough to actually, you know, have any strength and compete and uh, draw in nourishment, and survive, we had to keep the grasshoppers off of them, so we put the barrier up. Um, and, you know, that 
it worked. We now have the benefit of looking back and saying, boy, we had some huge, massive, um, sturdy fall veg as a result of that practice. And we have not yet put row cover on our fall veg this year because we've not seen the Carolina grasshoppers. But yesterday oh. when we were out with Ricketts yeah. and saw that Monday, big yeah. old grasshopper just munching on the green bean leaves. Yes. Um, I think both of us are a little spooked by that. I'm nervous now. And and so we're not going to we suggest. We may end up whipping that exactly. row nine into shape. Yeah. We're, we're, that's an all in the statement that we don't want to make. Is <laughs> we won't put any more row cover. We will if we have to. You bet. And, and we're going to keep a close eye on it and may just decide as a prophylactic measure to go ahead and put the row cover out because we know it doesn't hurt our fall veg they don't flower yeah the the fall veg we're using don't tend to flower so mm -hmm. uh we can get along without row with row cover we don't have to worry about yeah. fencing out the pollinators right so uh what other thoughts have struck you as you've looked back uh, a ways well it's fun to go back and see the benefit of the seasonality the the yearly rhythm of the things we're thinking about, the things we're worried about, the things we're rejoicing in as they change fr from season to season. In our prior suburban lives, the seasons were not quite so prominent in our lives as they are now. Well, they were, but in different ways. Uh, there was always the, we had a lot of trees and of course leaves falling and leaf raking and uh, that that was always a big, and time okay. to plant new Things you know, the deer had gotten to be a problem there too, though. So I got to the point I didn't even plant a lot of new uh, spring plants, but uh, because they'd be eaten. So, but I think you're right. The seasons here, we're so intimate with nature on a daily basis and on a more on a more constant basis. I don't spend my days in an office anymore or in a classroom. Exactly, we are out every day. Uh, Somebody was asking the other day, you know, don't you get tired being cooped up in that tiny little apartment? And the first thing I thought about was, we're not cooped up. We don't spend that much time inside. Right. Yeah, we're really, we're out working on what we need to work on. So, um, and, and we're involved in the community. I'm still at, we're still active with Master Gardener. So we don't even, if we need to go somewhere, go to Montgomery, we do that too. But back to your point about, we we do have a sense of what to expect from the seasonal change. Now, the first year we were here, I really wasn't sure what to expect. I didn't know if I'd be cold and shivering in the wintertime, and we found out the apartment stays nice and warm and toasty. Um, I didn't know whether in the summer we'd be able to stand it in here. We've gotten through yet another summer, a pretty bad summer, actually. Yes, but it was a pretty hot summer. Without air conditioning, except I think once or twice when we had visitors. Um, and, and weren't we were not in need of it. We were fine. So I have a lot more confidence about what we have chosen to do here and the way we've chosen to build the structures and the way we've chosen to ventilate and air condition than I did before. And it's not all peaches and cream. I mean, I am concerned about the fact that we've had to fight mildew both summers. Anytime there's a rainy spell or a wet, and, and I don't, we don't have the complete answer to that yet. No, we don't. And the other thing that you and I both are nervous about is that every indication we have is that our hot summers will get hotter mm -hmm. 
and our storms will get more violent as global weirding um, take, gains more and more momentum. So um, just because we've been okay so far doesn't mean we are confident we'll be okay for the rest of our lives. Exactly. I noticed that, I, in fact, in looking back over these previous podcasts, you had a podcast, or you, had, you titled the podcast of uh, June 22nd of this year, if spring was summer, what will summer be? Yeah. And in other words, just to, to reconstruct, especially for someone who doesn't, who's listening, who does, does not live in the southeastern United States, it started before May was any, even over, feeling like summertime. I mean, it was hot, high 90s, lasted that way all through June. So by then, by the 22nd of June, you're saying, okay, this is the first, first day of summer. It's already been summer for a month. Right. What was it? Well, we now know the answer to that question you posed. Summer was awful. Summer was oppressive, hot, I mean, extremely high temperatures, uh, mm -hmm. some dry patches, yes. Sometimes, you know, the humidity was not as much of a factor, but a lot of it was. And, uh, you know, I, I spent a lot more time indoors in the middle of the day than I've done in a long time because you just couldn't stand it out there. And, and we can retreat to the pole barn, uh, that is the roof, and still have ventilation. So a lot of things I end up having to do, I move in under cover so I can be in the shade while I'm working. But it was a, a pretty rough summer, no yeah. question about that. Uh, we had all of June and all of July and well into August before we had one day that was as cool as the average low. We never reached the average for all of June, all of July, and a good part of August. Scary. So, um, so that, and of course, our neighbors in Texas have had it far worse than we. Right. So, uh, yeah. it's just been a, a a rough summer, and we certainly hope it won't repeat itself often. That's right for a lot of people. Yeah, we're not we're not complaining. Just Something for else occurs here. to me yeah. that we can talk about. I remember some early podcasts where uh, one in particular where we were saying we don't know whether we're going to be able to grow enough food. It was the, <laughs> yeah. I guess it was June or so or July of last year when we were still buying vegetables in June and July of 2010. Yeah. And I worried aloud, and you worried with me, will we ever be able to grow enough food? We now know the answer to that. Yes. <laughs> and, and this is something we reflected on this past week. I actually feel guilty every time I drive past the farmer's market or the produce stand the, in our town because we're simply not going there except to buy peaches, which our peach crop. Peaches haven't come on right. yet. And when we do, we'll only have early peaches. Right. We, can't, we don't spray and, and we'll never have nice big uh, peaches throughout the summer. We'll always have to supplement. But I'd, I feel guilty I'm not going there. But when I go and buy the peaches and... Whoever's working there says, well, wouldn't you like some nice butter beans? I'm thinking, well, I'm, I, in fact, I tell them, I'm growing those now. I don't need any. Would you like some you know, uh, green beans? I have those. So although I think I, I can now say that our green beans and our, our purple hull peas are now finished for the they season. They seem to be. So we may end up yeah. buying, as it gets into fall, we may end up buying some of those things. But throughout but the summer. we have other veg that's coming exactly. on. Exactly. Like sweet potatoes. We haven't even started eating our sweet potatoes right. yet. 
and and that's it's the whole Barbara King solver notion of whatever's lovely and in season. We may not have green beans all year long, but we do have fresh veg and stored veg that we grew ourselves, and we're pretty much overwhelmed with it. I still have lots of winter squash um, that I've pulled, and I think that'll get us through several months' time. I do, too. I'm not worried, and of course, as we have already talked about, we've got loads and loads of veg stored away in the deep freeze, and we got some green beans canned and we're going to be fine through the winter because we've had such good surplus during the summer and I guess I was in the uh, walking in the orchard with rickets yesterday I think you were doing something else and she said don't you think you'll get to the point where you'll have enough to sell and I said rickets we're enough we're at that point now with veg and I can tell you we have no interest in selling it we love giving food away that's right. And it's and, so life-giving. And also I think that we will get better and better at food preservation as we go along, especially once the root cellars complete and we can use more of our storage space um, to its ultimate advantage. So I, I'm anticipating between giving it away and storing it that we'll have plenty of food. So and that answers, harvesting it during the winter and harvesting from it. the fall veg. Exactly learning to extend our seasons, learning to plant things that are that fit in with the various seasons. I'm optimistic. And so I'd like to, as we run out of time here, end on an optimistic note, which is to look back over the past 99 podcasts and feel good about what we've done overall. We've been pretty good about airing our dirty laundry and letting our public know when we make a mistake, and we'll continue to do that. But I just, I, like you said, we haven't turned tail and run. We have not um, changed our ultimate plan substantially since we've started. So um, there is much to celebrate here at our centennial mark. There is much to celebrate. And I don't want to leave people with the impression we think we figured it out. No, there we are all kinds of things out. that we're still struggling with. Uh, corn continues to be yeah. a nemesis. Although I did harvest some dried you had, uh, Indian corn, uh, field corn. So I'm optimistic about that too. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, there are all kinds of things we're still trying to figure out and will continue to work on. But I, I have to agree with you. By and large, um, we've been gratified and uh, delighted to see the progress. That's right. So thank you for listening and being with us today. We look forward to catching up with you next week. And we look forward to the next 100 podcasts with you. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446. Alabama 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.